Seventeen, pray. <laughs> Seventeen. 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 I know, Danielle. I'm really sorry. Oh. Now, now we're in the top sixteen. What some upset is the home stretch. That's what people the, call of it of the fifty. Yes, that's what everyone um, says. Yeah, that's, that's what the, everyone says. We, and we established you know, this off mic in we, this recording on Friday right. that we're doing. We uh, we're going to continue the list. Yes. Uh, okay. No time has uh, passed. No time has passed. passed. And definitely no cultural memes have happened in between the last time. We McClunky! See, exactly. Now you've dated it, John. <laughs> oh, is that the number one game? <laughs> yeah. Number 16. McClunky! Oh, my God. Um, Christ, I hope Last Jedi or whatever the fuck it's called, the Jedi game that comes out this week. If they don't code that uh, in. If they don't release this, a day one patch that includes that. Phrase. Oh my god! Oh, fucking McClunky limited edition. It's like the Brute uh, yeah. Legend like censorship thing where like you can bleep out the words, but instead of bleeping out the words, they just replace everything with McClunky. Yes. McClunky. I would. Oh my god. Oh my god. So good. Okay. I love that we just uh, so held a, today's newspaper up in front of this part of the podcast to show. We everybody. did. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to December twenty second or whenever this this goes up. Uh-huh. People are like, "What the fuck?" As everyone will have forgotten about McClunky in a month. Like it's it's over. All right. Anyway, uh, so that was number six, uh, seventeen. Prey. Uh, devastating ranking for you, Danielle. I'm, I know all of them. Like, my whole I top know. ten has basically been already relegated. I know. I'm very upset. I know. Guess what, I know. Danielle? I know. I'm right there with you. I know. Yeah, Listen, be- there's beautiful football <laughs> in the championship. It's good football. You just have to grow to appreciate it. It's not yeah. everything can be the Premier League. Not, okay? every- not everything can be the top. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, there's something charming about something being the 17th. Uh, Someone yeah. has to be Oxfordshire. Yeah, it's you true. know. Anyway, let's go to number 16, Monster Hunter World. Oof. Uh, way too low our, this list, but whatever. Our wow. twenty eight, our twenty eighteen game, our twenty eighteen game of the year. Um, or or is and, it high? Or no, what? no, no. I, 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 I it's twenty eighteen release. One hundred sixty nine points, nice. nice out of three hundred. And uh, Danielle mm-hmm. um, may have ranked this at number forty eight, which might have skewed the ranking <laughs> a little bit. How do you um, all like it? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like and and Dylan Skiffington has ranked this the highest at number three. Wow. So Dylan, please, please. I, we all expected, I think, Stephen to rank this highest, but Dylan has put this at number three. Dylan, please. Yeah, I mean, I honestly expected Stephen. Please, to Dylan. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so you have nothing prepared to say right now. No, 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 no. Um, no, I think Monster Hunter is uh, specifically Iceborne uh, definitely improves on the end game of that game a lot. Um, I'm someone yeah. who got to the end of Monster Hunter after 60 hours and immediately dropped off. Um, and Iceborne kind of reworks those systems uh, to give it a more kind of traditional um, endgame experience that you want to keep digging into rather than just being like, well, I beat all the monsters, and I mean, I guess I could grind for armor, but what, what else should I do? Because right. there's really no endgame area, there's no like specific endgame activities short of like DLC stuff. Um, so yeah I, yeah, I think, you know, in addition to Monster Hunter world just being the first huge monster hunter game um 
out here in the states, then Iceborne, you know, kind of caps it all off as like a complete experience. Um, and I just love the phrase "dropped off immediately" appended to "I played this for sixty hours." <laughs> um, I mean, it is a uh, game that I have played. You know, when at the point that Dylan dropped off, I kept playing for another three hundred and eighty hours. So, and that was yeah. pre Iceborne. So it's like it is a game that you can definitely keep on keeping on with. And then, like you said, Iceborne with the addition of the Guiding Lands is such a huge part of that game now, uh, and such a really cool idea that just lets you hunt forever, basically, without having to sit through load times. Uh, it's a really smart addition. Uh, so, yeah, I Monster Hunter at 16, I, I was surprised at that not being higher, but um, it's definitely the first Monster Hunter game that I did not bounce off of directly. Um, and I think a lot of people could say the same thing. Uh, I can't. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, we'll Nikki here there. could not. We'll get you. Yeah, he bounced off. Uh, There's a good. There is a stick in that game. A um, stick. Yeah, the insect glaive. It's a oh, big yeah, stick yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that shoots bugs, glaive. and oh, you like twirl and shit. And that seemed cool. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> but then I had to like play the game with my fingers and hands and controller, and I was like, I don't know what any of this it's is. It's a little complicated. It's a little complex. Yeah. I agree, but yeah. they even streamlined it. They stream. That's the streamlined version Oof, of Monster I do Hunter. That. Right. So I can't wait until Monster Hunter World Two, which comes out in twenty twenty eight. I think it's going to be Galaxy. The Monster Hunter Galaxy. And then it's Monster Hunter Odyssey. Um, wow! Well, I can't. Get, I can't wait to get the hat. You, yeah, you just. It's not. In, <laughs> it's not an insect glaive. It's just a hat. You're you going to throw Mega Man's stupid hat. Yeah. At the dinosaurs. It's right now, that that was last year's model. This year, it's not Mega Man. Now we've got Resident Evil. You can dress the handler up as uh, Mr. X. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, so that's number 16. Number 15 is Metal Gear Solid Five: The quitting. Phantom Pain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this isn't in the top 10. Are you fucking kidding me? 2015 release, 175 points out of 300. Um, This time, this time, I would be the one maybe spoiling the party. I put this at number 41, where Merritt put it at number one, uh, living her truth. I love it. Merritt, please tell me why I'm an idiot for not putting this in the top 10. Metal Gear Solid 5 is the last of. Okay, no, I'm not going to do the importance shit. I'm not going to talk about how it's the end of a Kojima era of uh, the end of Konami, essentially, as a game developer, as we know them. Right. Um, I'm not going to talk about how important it is. Metal to Gear Survive. <laughs> Metal Gear Dies is the real name of that game. Um, <laughs> Metal Gear. No, I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff. Instead, I'm going to talk about how I hate stealth games. And mm. this game was like... The first hour of this game, I fucking hated. Because the whole time you're, like, trying to escape from a hospital, it's very... There's a lot happening. It's, like, really a lot. But after that hour, the game opens up in this way where, like, you can just basically go about your objectives in just completely absurd ways. Um, And I don't mean, like, oh, you can go anywhere. You can do whatever you want. It's like, no, you can, like just fuck with people in the dumbest possible ways, like setting up decoys around them and just breaking their minds in half or hiding in a box and then uh, dropping a tank on them. Uh, It's just a joy to play that game. And like the fact that you can play through it without actually really killing anyone 
um, which is something that's true in, I think, every Metal Gear game. I think so, yes. Yeah, past the first three, like past one, two, and three. It's just, it's just very cool that you can, instead of killing people, and instead of just knocking them out, you abduct them to your all-male party base, <laughs> where uh, they are delighted to be there. Because you're big, like you're um, you're big boss. You're like the coolest guy in the world, and they will thank you guy. for slamming them into a locker. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, they love it. They love it because they got to train with big boss. And yeah. um, this I just love getting choked by big boss. Episode so two of that game <laughs> is a total disaster, and I didn't play through it because I don't think anyone should, <laughs> um, because it wasn't finished, and also all the crap that Konami added on with the multiplayer stuff and like the free-to-play stuff is a mess. Um, it's really bloated. It's, yeah. it's bad. But if you can ignore all yeah. that stuff, you'll find just one of the most enjoyable stealth games of, like, ever, really. If, uh, you, if you upgrade the Fulton Balloon all oh, the I way, the it turns into a black hole. <laughs> it just turns into a black hole. It's good. Hey, do you remember when... It's uh, very good. Do you remember I when mean, like, that's very good. There was that... Uh, Secret cutscene that was supposed to unlock when everyone in the uh-huh. world disarmed all of their nukes in the multiplayer yeah. mode, but then it came out anyway because that would never have happened in a million billion years. Right, <laughs> that was good. Uh, I, I, a good yeah. video game. I just want to throw in one thing about this game, if I if I yes. may. I don't want to completely monopolize this podcast, but I do want to say this is a game where uh, it's like the ultimate. Game where you think, I wonder if this will work, and then it does. And it does. Every mm-hmm. single time. It always yeah. works. Everything works. Also, I want to say that, like, I think I was rambling for most of that because I haven't actually finished my first cup of coffee yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I no, that, that was. Cross pretty no, that, okay. No, right. neither did Kojima. I, 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 think, I think what's really. Neither was, did Kojima. <laughs> I mean, fair. Fair. Good. Good. My, 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 my issue with this game is really. Is kind of what we were saying. Is bloat like the package yeah. is oh, is somewhere is somewhere after the the first two hours and then like up until hour twenty five. That's where the yeah, game is. Exactly. Yeah. Now there's a billion things after that and some really boring stuff before it. Um, the irony of me saying that I didn't like this game because of the bloat. Uh, let's go to game number 14, oh Witcher 3, The Wild oh, wow. Hunt. Oh. Uh, 2015, 180 points out of 300. Nikki put this at number 47 because, um, I don't know, I guess horse's name Roach really bum him out. Yes. Um, <laughs> name it Horse. And I put this at number three. So I wow. totally, I totally, totally think it is uh, kind of funny and maybe perplexing that the bloat in Metal Gear Solid... Though. I think Metal Gear Solid 5's bloat is more detrimental than Witcher 3's bloat. That's where I came into this. Also, open world design with a tight narrative focus is, I think, something that is, I I would almost say, an impossible needle to thread. And I think they actually nailed it. Um, And I think that's something that, I really, 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 really latched onto, and that game opened up in a way that actually kind of took my breath away, where I thought I was heading into the home stretch, and I wasn't even close, and that didn't even bother me like one iota. Um, and that's very rare for me. Um, 
I think the DLC of this game, especially Blood and Wine, is some of the best DLC like ever made for anything, um, which really helps it. And it's also free, not to get into like uh, DLC politics and bullshit like that, I, but I, I do think that's cool. I don't know that it was, actually. I'm pretty sure. I, I think it came out. They, they put a, out a lot of free DLC for this game, but I don't think Hearts, Heart of Stone. Oh, no, you're there. right. You're right. So, wow, it's number right, so seven. Yeah, on yeah, has not bought it. It is not free. <laughs> uh, He's I retroactively say... lowered the. Ranking. It's actually now at fifty-two for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, no I'm just good. kidding. Like the value property. No, none of that. None of that actually mattered. I just put it in there, and I was wrong. John, edit this out. I'm just kidding. Clunky. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I love about this game, to just say a quick thing about it, I rated it yeah, pretty please. highly as well. Uh, I think it's the best open world game of this ilk uh, in this generation for sure, but also because it does not feel in any way like the, you know, quote unquote sort of Ubisoft theme park design. Mm, it feels like every yeah. single place, every stupid cave, every little, you know, glen in the woods, whatever, every, every place you can have any kind of interaction actually feels like a place that exists not for the service of the player not for like an activity for the player but as an actual place in this world with some sort of history with some sort of sort of fiction behind it even if it's not a major giant thing clearly nobody necessarily spent you know 45 hours writing an epic tale about every single cave but there does feel like there's a sense of history and place to Mm -hmm. everything which uh is missing in a lot of these types of games and it's like a living history a lot of the times in a way that like something you could point to as Skyrim, which was another game we've talked about on this show before, where it's a lot of that stuff is just in completely inert. We have the joke about like skeletons mm-hmm. draped over toilets and stuff like that in caves and that's <laughs> yep. environmental storytelling. This game is like yep. never that. Like this game is yeah. always, even if it's just one line of dialogue, there is something there. There's, you know, Geralt has something to say about it or there's an NPC there or there's, you know, there's something that isn't just like a dead piece of nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. I gotta play that DLC. I still haven't played the DLC, so maybe that's something we can do on the site down the Blood line. Wine's very good. Hey, Blood should, Wine is Should I play this game now that I have good. a PC? Yeah, you should. Yeah. 100%. It's very good. It's very good. I mean, I, I, I think it's uh, a, a beautiful, excellent, wonderful game. Anyway, cool. that's number 14, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, number 13. It's a little bit of a surprise, actually. I, I ranked it high, but I'm surprised it, it got up this high. Uh, Fallout New Vegas, a 2010 release, 181 out of 300 points. Danielle put this at number 41. I ranked it highest at 7. Um, I So I will say something about it now. Uh, I think, uh, I think I, I, they, the, the team at Obsidian built such a wonderful... Uh, kind of like Witcher 3, kind of a lived-in experience with such a terrible engine. Uh, they made it They made it feel so um, crafted in an engine that where, where almost nothing feels crafted. Um, and they did and it in like 10 months or something, too. That's they like did a, it in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, it's like a Matrix Revolutions type situation with that game. And, and even though I don't think that the, the stuff with the faction, uh, the factions are perfect, um, I do remember like one of those moments that I'll never forget in games where I'm, I'm traveling, I'm making my way across uh, the desert uh, really early into the game, and I only hear whispers about Kaisar's Legion from a couple of towns. And I go into that town where, spoilers, everyone has been crucified, 
And it's one of those things where... Oops. Yeah, and it's one of those moments where I'll never forget feeling this like, oh, I actually hate those people too. It's not just that I've heard that I should hate them and the game wants me... Like, it's just... It's not manipulating me. It's this kind of thing where I'm like, oh, like... Everything that everyone has said about this this group it's is true. true. Yeah, cool. Um, and I kind of was able to chase that feeling with companions that also hated those people, and I I just really that felt so alive to me in a way that Bethesda's games never did, um, and never frankly have uh, since since they've started kind of taking over that that engine and those franchises. Um, so yeah, and it's wacky. Wacky's good. I think Wacky is pretty good. There's a lot of bones in uh, Outer Worlds that you can find in, in New Vegas. That's terrible. Um, yeah, Danielle, yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Oh, did you play it? Yeah, that's the that's the problem here. I never got to this one. Oh, um, I, think so you would, I think you would really enjoy it. I think I you would. Like, if, yeah. Throw some mods if you, if you, just, The only Fallout I had touched before Outer Worlds, really, was 4. And I thought it was oh, oh god! Sorry. What a that's Sorry. a bad intro for the series. Exactly. So yeah. I just, I, I've been like, well, I guess it was like that, but maybe more interesting. But also, I just yeah. didn't play it. That's the real problem. Yeah, I, I definitely think like you know what we you know don't have to plan our uh, website and streams on this podcast, but like we should definitely do that. I think that would be All really right. fun for you to play cool. that. Because I mean, I've seen. I've seen you. I've seen you really enjoy Outer Worlds, and yes. and I'm like, oh, okay. I guess Danielle really liked New Vegas. I looked at these rankings. I was like, huh, cool, all right. <laughs> like sorry. you know, no. Is there a story there? And oh, it's just that you haven't played it. And I think that's. I think that's cool. <laughs> that's the story. Yeah. That's all right. So number thirteen, Fallout New Vegas. Number twelve is 2016's Doom. Hell yeah. 186 oh, yeah. out of 300. This is a really cool one because we all put it basically from number 16 to 25. Yeah. So there's like no <laughs> spacing here. Uh, Merit ranked it actually lowest at 25. Um, and I ranked it highest at 16, which is really funny because I'm almost positive I put in maybe the least amount of time with this game. I think I've only played about like, I think I've only played about like five to 10 hours of it. Oh, like I didn't like. I know I didn't finish it. Oh. I just like I. It's oh. just one of those things that I got busy and didn't so finish good. it. That's fair. Wow. But it fucking but we, it fucking rules. We both played at sixteen. Uh, oh, we did. Yeah. Oh, so Nikki, please say something. So there's a cool thing about Doom, is that um, it's the first. <laughs> if for me, it was the first uh, first person shooter where the person, the character you're playing has literally no interest in being there. <laughs> Just could not give less of a shit about the fact that he's doing the thing he's doing because he was woken up against his will and now is like, fucking fine, I guess I'll go do this stuff. I didn't get that the robot man who is in charge of the UAC's mm-hmm. name is Samuel Hayden. Now, if you abbreviate his name it is satan <laughs> oh and yeah. it took it was way after I never realized uh, I, yeah wow. see it was it was much it was it was days weeks Damn, after i, I finished this game that. <laughs> it's pretty great that i put together that that was his name it's very good um it's very good it's a very good game it's it is uh, man it's i'm just trying to like 
I because I played this game late. I didn't play this. I played Doom twenty sixteen in twenty eighteen. No, yeah. So I was like, no, it couldn't have been that good. Oh, is yeah. No, it is. It it's is. the first first person shooter that actively like that I have played because I didn't. I haven't played any other Dooms, and I felt like this Doom emulated the feelings of playing the first Doom in a way that was like, oh, this is extremely refreshing for the first person shooter in a way that is going going to influence the way. Yeah. That first-person shooters are going to be designed there's, moving forward. There's a really crunchy, crunchy, crunchy weight to the action in this game yeah. that, like, most first-person shooters don't approach. Yeah. And like it, and in that way, also, it really replicated the the. We had to fill in the gap as as youths in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. had to fill in a lot of these gaps, right. like with our imaginations. Well, like, sorry, you're what? Yeah, it's where you go in your mind to picture things. I know it's weird, it's like in but it's like how is that mind palace? Oh, yeah, okay, I get it. That, I, I see. We, I see. we were like, you know, oh, I'm in hell playing stuff, but there's no like haptic feedback. Right. There's no real like crunchiness to it. So like that stuff, it, I think a lot of studios kind of like. They go, oh, all you need is shooty mans and enemies, and it's fine. Right. And this version of Doom was like, oh, no, like, you need to really wade through yeah. the the viscera of these things that you're destroying. And, it's very good. And even though it is, because I, w- I would very much agree with the fact that it is a very crunchy video yes. game. But once you get into the flow of that game, it's kind of like dancing. Yeah. Because yeah. you if you stop moving, you're dead. Yep. And you need to... And like you need to look at the room that you're in and f- prioritize your enemies and decide which ones you're going to rip and tear yep. and which ones you're actually going to shoot and the way that you're going to kind of triage the enemies in that space. It's just so good. It's a, the, it's a shark simulator. There, you have to keep moving. There's there's lore when you actually get to hell where the demons <laughs> are like <laughs> they have written down in rooms <laughs> and they're like, listen, y'all. Listen, there's this guy, <laughs> and he only exists to fuck us up. That's his whole purpose. Yeah, the Doom Slayer is uh, what demons tell their kids about to make them behave. Yeah, it's the boogeyman. so fucking good. He's not the good. boogeyman. He's the guy you get to kill the fucking boogeyman. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, incredible. Uh, it's tremendous. Yeah, it's the second also, the music best, rips. Uh, second best first pl- or single player first person shooter of the decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah. I don't think we've gotten to that game. We haven't. Halo Five. I think you're right. I think you're totally right. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. Oh, Minecraft. Uh, yeah, Minecraft <laughs> is the one that we're talking yeah. about. Uh, all right, so that is our number 12 game of the decade. Doom. Excellent, excellent game. Number 11 is Undertale. Hell yeah! Uh, 2015, 192 points out of 300. Danielle. Uh, just doesn't like Toby Fox or Little Dogs, wow. I guess. It's just kind of weird. Um, just a grudge um, for being too cute and good. Yeah. Uh, but Merritt, put this in number five. Merritt, please. Do you want to know something Enlighten funny us. about this? Mm-hmm. You've never played it. I've never, never played, played it. it. <laughs> that would be believable. But I think it's 100% said, valid. I don't really even need to play it. Because yeah. I'm, on, I don't because think you do I'm online. Mm-hmm. And I know. Because of that, I have been inundated with mm-hmm. Undertale for the last five years? Four or five? How, when did it come yeah. out? 
It's 2015. 2015. Oh, it did? Wow. Yep. 15? Wow. I thought it was 16. But I yeah, thought it was... Oh. I thought it was 16 or 17. Okay. But, wow. What a yeah. just, like, legendary success story. 10 out of 10. Like, it, unreal. Like, a kind of new level of success for an indie game in a way that, like, mm-hmm. this sort of prior big names never really got to because you don't... There's no braid fandom... Uh, there's no. no braid fan. I'm sorry. Fan. I'm the president of the braid oh, fan. Oh, I'm club. sorry. Um, <laughs> but it's just the cultural penetration of Undertale, and again, I I think I used that phrase earlier in this show, or maybe on an earlier episode. Uh, probably a bad choice of words, but uh, it's. Wait, Nikki, you've posted something that says, did you mean to go to Undertale? Yes, take me to Undertale. <laughs> no I just typed Undertale into Google, and that was Google was like, did you mean? I can't believe Hozier re-recorded Church. church. <laughs> okay, I mean, I could talk all day about Undertale as, like, a touchstone for internet culture of the last, like, three or four years, but also, like, all indications to me say that it is a very inventive role-playing yeah. game that draws on the style of some beloved games like Earthbound, but revitalizes them with these mechanics where you actually don't have to kill anyone and um, does interesting things with save files and with like metatextual stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it deserves this spot and I think it deserves its place in the culture. It's just a, a kind of modern masterwork and toby fox is like make putting music in pokemon y'all like yeah that fucking oh, no. rules hey, listen it, it's an important game and it's a good game yeah. like it, it's it is a good game did you did you guys all see his logo that he did for the mm-hmm. like pokemon slash undertale yes. collaboration like, yes it's very good art <laughs> so fucking it's very good. good it's very good um i hadn't played just very quickly i eve i played undertale this year i finished it in september Mm. Um, of this year, and I'm with Merritt. Even if I didn't have, if even even if I hadn't played it this year, it would have been in my top fifteen. Mm-hmm. It ended up at twelve for me. Um, but that game just fucking like the 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 I I played on the pacifist run, and like the amount of things that that game makes you think about, and then just turns your conventions for what this kind of game, like what this kind of RPG wants you to actually do. Yep. Um, the number of times it flips that on its head and is like, oh, you want me to do, oh, so this box isn't actually real. Like the one that, that I've been playing in the mm-hmm. whole time, this isn't a real box and I can go outside of the box. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just really good. And the music fucking rips. The music is oh, so good. God. Music is extraordinary. And the game, I, I'm a sucker for this. The game tracks everything you do. Yeah. yeah. Every fucking like, thing. Everything you do. Yeah. I'm a real, real big yeah. sucker for that. It's also funny. It's one of four funny video games. It's one of four funny <laughs> video games. It's true. Um, There's a so, dog that when you pet it, it gets too big for the screen and the head goes off of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's just good. It's good, good visual gags, good written gags. It's great. It, it crossed um, over. It, it was such a big thing that uh, that Kenny Omega went yeah. on stage <laughs> dressed as Sans Undertale on a major cable network wrestling promotion event. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, that I mean on the and I think maybe even the same week as they had done a Rick and Morty crossover. No. 
where where I was just like, wow. oh boy, wow, this you know, uh, boy, the they've really pushed they've they've pushed <laughs> me away here. And then Kenny Omega comes out of stands. I was like, they pulled me back in, baby. <laughs> oh, they pulled wow. me right back in. Hell yeah. So it's uh, it's very good. I've never um, finished it. I played like the first three hours of it. Yeah. And then I think, I think it was just a place and time thing. Yeah. Also, the it opening of that also, game is very slow. Oh, the the opening of that game is also slow. See, yeah. Drake doesn't I thought, like it either. It's okay. Wow. Drake, right. Drake heard that we were talking about petting other dogs. Mm. That's what it was. <laughs> Drake is like, where's the Uncharted series on this list? Where's my namesake? That's truly what he's thinking about. <laughs> I almost put Uncharted 1 on my list. That wasn't I, this decade. Yeah, but though, I huh? played it this decade. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So that was number 11. Undertale. In we're, in, we're in the top 10 now, baby. Woo! Uh, so let's go. Number 10 game of the decade is Hitman. We Hell also yeah. put Hitman Hell 2 in this yeah. as kind of a natural continuation. Yeah. Um, I've played the least of this, so I did put it at 38, even though I do have a deep appreciation Criminal. for, uh, for what this game, uh, it, the, the, the new, the new versions of this game seem to be wonderful, and I would love to have more time with them. So that's really the only reason I ranked it slow, uh, low at 38. Steven ranks this highest at 11, which means a bunch of you put it just, like, right up there in the top, like, 15, basically. Uh, so, Steven, why don't you wait, start us wait out? Wait a second. What? Wait, Steven ranked this the highest at 11? I believe. And you put it at what? 38. How is it top 10, then? But. Because, because, Merit, the, the way the system works is that every ranking has a point system attached to it. Uh-huh. Points. So y'all all put it in, like, the top, like, 15. So that all added up to be our highest ranking. I see. Okay, I was because thinking, so it's not... You see what I mean? It's not average? Very disparate top 10. It's, no, it's not an average. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a multiplication. It's a, not a multiplication. It's, a, it's just an, a sum of everyone's ranking placement oh, attached to the points. I see. And I did, I did explain the point system at the beginning well, of this episode. Well, that was like episode. two weeks ago. So. Yeah, I did, for, I did <laughs> for 100 years ago. Yes, but so, like, let's say you rank something number one. That was 50 points, okay? But then the other five of us put something at number 50, which is one point. Which so is what combined, happened to me for my whole top ten. That, right. <laughs> so that would be 55 total points out of a possible 300, which would put it somewhere in the basement of this list. Sure. Even though someone loved it the most. So it's on average of the ranking. It's a point-based system. So because a bunch of people put it in the top, like, 15 that's why it ended up with our number 10 spot, even though our highest ranking was 11. Anyway, thank you so much for okay, hearing sorry, the rules my brain is of this too game. This, but go on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's totally fine. Steven, please tell us why you love this game. Hitman is... So as much as uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is a game where if you think to yourself, uh, can I do that? And then the answer is always yes. This is also a game that does that, but it's also a game that is just like... If, if uh, Metal Gear Solid is also a game with a lot of bloat and that kind of falls apart at the end, this is a game that just, like, uses, its, its like, every part of the buffalo at every given moment uh, to just create, like, huge, like, new opportunities across, like, these very large maps across both games, which 
you know, the reason that we are kind of including these together as one thing is because they ended up putting out Hitman 2 with all of the episodes from Hitman 1 as well. And the episodes in this usually mean that it's basically maps. And the maps themselves are these giant sandbox playgrounds with just like a hundred different, like, scripted paths for you to go to get your target in this game. It's obviously a game of where you are trying to assassinate people. And the, there's a bunch of different scripted ways that you can go about that. And they're all very fun and sometimes very funny. There's a lot of... There is... This game gets its style of humor very well, too. Like, on top of all this um you know asian yeah. 40 what's that oh mcgreen i just said oh, okay yeah. <laughs> uh yeah sorry i get into a, a flow sometimes and i <laughs> just talk i just trample over anybody who says anything I'm else just I snap, sure. i'm just snapping at you back here it's good yeah, gotcha. Daniel, yeah. daniel's daniel's your hype man perfect like, yeah you're, uh, you're, you're migo you're migos yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so this is a game where you are this sort of, like, I don't know, like, Finnish, weird, ubermensch nightmare man, uh, with, like, a fucking barcode on the back of his head, um, that just, like, is a force of nature that can't, has no emotion and, and nothing. But then, also, there is an episode of this where you can disguise yourself as a drummer of a band, that, like, a backup drummer that they need to have replace. Uh, somebody who, you know, you have knocked out prior to this or killed, depending on how you play, but, if you know, usually it doesn't really matter. Um, and then they're like, okay, let's see what you got. And then your guy goes up into this, like, <laughs> fake U2-type band, goes and sits behind a drum kit, and then just stone-cold, emotionless, no look on his face whatsoever, staring, thousand-yard stare into the camera, just goes... <laughs> like, just fucking nails it. It just turns out, with no prior knowledge of this whatsoever, that you are just a master drummer as well. <laughs> And it, the game just does stuff like that all the time in ways that are extremely funny, and st but never, in a very Doom-like fashion, kind of never um, go too far in one direction to, like, get into the area where it's, like, self-parody. Uh, and I think that's actually maybe the best way to kind of phrase what Hitman is, is it's just a lot of the best parts of a bunch of other great games from this generation all fused into one big mass that is incredibly fun to play at any given moment. And, yeah, that's, uh, yeah why it's one of my favorite games probably ever honestly it's the whole the whole yeah, yeah honestly kind of yeah it is i i knew i was gonna love this game when i think the paris one came out first right yes the yeah. whole the fucking show. gambit yeah. for that one is that the guy that is <clears throat> like helmet kruger I'm so, I was gonna who say, is i'm sorry you mean helmet kruger yeah helmet kruger the <laughs> model at this fashion show just looks like you. Yeah. And that's the whole joke. That's it. The whole joke <laughs> is that he looks exactly like you. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, very good. And the, also, John it, and I had a very good Pitbull idea, and every time I think about it, it um, is very good. Uh, Let me hit y'all with Hitman this. Hitman is Mr. Worldwide. What if Hitman was Pitbull? What if yeah. Pitbull was an elusive target in Hitman? Pitman? No. Mm. Pitman. Pitman. Perfect. I, I was going to say, the Helmet Kruger thing, like, is a perfect encapsulation of, like, how they get their humor and stuff like that, because by the final episode of the first season of Hitman, there is a, a level where you are in Hokkaido in Japan at, like, an ultra-rich... And, and that's another thing that the game kind of, like, does over time, too, is it gets into, especially in Hitman 2, it starts leaning into these incredibly, like, um, aggressive... Uh, leftist politics where you're just fucking offing the dregs of the fucking 1% like yeah. uh, up to the point where it finally culminates in the in the final episode of Hitman season 2 where you are at a like 
uh, weird eyes wide shut rich person party on an island where it's like all the rich people who are uh, buying bunkers for each other because they have been helping to engineer the climate crisis and are going to let everyone die in the fires of the world dying but live in their bunkers and come and rise back into society to take it over again um, and but in the Hoka- in the Hokkaido mission uh, there it's a big place for rich people to get their uh, faces changed so that they can like fake their deaths and change you know who they are for various reasons or whatever and there is an opportunity at that place where there's just a guy who what, like is obsessed with Helmut Kruger and wants to look like you so you can t- assume his place and then everybody thinks oh you had the Helmut Kruger surgery done <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah it's very good it's very good it's very good uh so yeah hitman is number 10 game of the year even though the math broke merit's brain uh we move i think this is the last one of that happening where the the... super mario games because they're inoffensive and everybody (laughs) wow uh uh steven we've already like zoomed past all the mario games all right yeah because your joyless ass put them so low (laughs) so like that's, that's that's what happened uh, so our number nine game in the decade, also a bit of a surprise, but I'm very happy it, it breached our top ten, is Mobile Game 3. Hell damn yeah. Uh, 2014 release, 194 points out of 300. Um, Danielle put this at 28, still a pretty high ranking. Uh, and I put this at number four, and it's mostly because at one point it was the thing that my iPhone would go, hey, are you okay? Because I was playing it. <laughs> Um, it is a game that is as, as that made me realize, and this is, I think this is genuinely a good thing. It made me realize that I'm bad at game design. Mm. Like, like I can get, I can get better at it. Like I could really like, you know, I could get better at it, but this game came out and I was like, Oh fuck. Okay. (laughs) So I'm bad at this. Huh? (laughs) Like, I, I, it, was, it was a game that came out at the kind of the end of my game development career, and I had made a couple mobile games, and I was just like, oh, I should, I should hang them up. Cool. Like, and, and, it, and it's not like, I'm not sad about it. It's just that Asher Vollmer, who I've actually met and kind of grown to know uh, being here in L.A., and he's an incredible game developer and an even nicer person, which is insane, um and it's like he made i think a perfect mobile game yeah it is you can play it with one hand you can play it offline you can play it in two seconds or you can sit there and play it and try to beat your high score four hours and it's just a perfect little bite-sized game that has an absolutely perfect design there's not an ounce of fat on it um and I love it. And uh, his most recent game, Guildlings, came out, which is also very good. It, so Breeze is so good, it sparked an entire oh God, like yeah. subgenre of yeah. it did. exploitation ripping and off mobile games. I feel like we can't talk about Threes without talking about 2048, which no. yeah. is the which game is on that everyone else now. on the train is playing. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which is a big bummer, and um, it's a big bummer, and it's a and it's not as good of a game. No. I definitely did walk around my dorm because this game came out. Sorry, my residence hall because this game did come out my first year, um, and I definitely did. If people were playing twenty forty eight, begin to espouse the praises mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and the the benefits of threes. Mm-hmm. Like it's a better game. Mm-hmm. It looks More better. Charming. There's it's, music. It, it's it's the game um, that when people would go, "Hey, have you played 2048?" I go, go, "Fuck I go, you!" Fuck you! 
I go, fuck you. Have you played threes? I've literally done that to people. I mean, I know them. I know them well, but like, I've done that to people. This was also. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's straight up, like, one of the only games I feel okay about being, like, vocally indignant about to, to other people. Where it's, yeah. like, most other games, it's just like, whatever, just get over Like, it's fine. It's just a video game. Right. Like what you like. Play what you want to play. If you want to play the worst version of... If you want to play Just Dance instead of Dance Central, even though Just Dance is way worse, like, <laughs> fine, whatever. But, like, Threes is the one where I'm like, no! You fucking piece of shit. Like, do not uh, give those 2048 shills the money. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I, um, I have to say, John, I got uh, irrationally excited there because you, you used the phrase into there. It, it mm-hmm. breached into. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I did. I and did like, say breach second, into. I was like, did somebody change their rankings and see? It got like, re-ranked. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Danielle. I really am. I really, I, I love that game. I ranked it fairly high. Yeah. But into the breach. I mean, listen. Not all of us have four hundred thousand hours to put into into the breach. I have three jobs, John. <laughs> I have three jobs, and I train grappling every night. Just saying. You're, you're like treating someone on the street, and you're just think you're thinking about into the breach. It's all That's you're thinking about. Legitimately true. <laughs> it's kind of kind of amazing. So our number nine game of the year, threes. Uh, I think I'm excited that that was so high. Um, number eight. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Threes, baby. Hell yeah, baby. Sorry. Hell yeah, baby. (laughs) Just talking about it, baby. Maybe need some threes right now. I know. It's very good. That track bangs. Our number eight game of the decade is Animal Crossing New Leaf 2012 release. 200 points out of 300. Uh, Steven, who is uh, 100,000 bells deep into his... (laughs) Uh, to their own debt situation, <laughs> did not rank this very high at thirty-seven. Uh, Nicholas put this game at number two. Nicholas, please nice. tell us. Um, I've I talked about Animal Crossing a lot. I think on that first, like where we like narrowed down the list. So I won't go as long as I did there. Um, but it is Animal Crossing New Leaf for me personally is just. Uh, an extremely, it's a game that feels like home in a way that when I like take a step back and look at the video games that I played this decade and the, the spirit and feelings that I felt doing the thing that is, I like to do very much, which is play video games. The one that kind of elicited the best feelings and the most consistent feelings for me of happiness and home was New Leaf. Um, the music is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you have the browser extension that I, plays the music? Yeah, I I yes. do have it. I, I do too. It's very good. It's very good. Um, it's I don't know. I, it's it is it is an Animal Crossing game. Like it, there is no way around that. But it is such a perfectly distilled Animal Crossing game that it does all the things that I needed to do. Was constantly kind of still surprising me with the conversations that I was having mm-hmm. with my villagers. Um, the, the tri- like the trite thing where the villagers get you shit for your birthday mm-hmm. that never really got me um, when I played the GameCube version because I was three or whatever um, <laughs> or played the Wii version or the regular DS version that never got me. But there was just something about that, that first birthday that I had in Animal Crossing where people were like, hey, we got you this fucking carpet. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh my God. 
you care. Thank you so That's much. That's so kind. Um, yeah, it's really good. I don't know. I like Also, I, Isabel's I, fucking great. Isabel is great. Just the concept that you move into this town and the mayor's like, I'm fucking out. You're the See first you. person I saw. You're the mayor now. Um, it's just very good. It's mm-hmm. a good idea for a video game. It's very good. Um, as somebody who does not particularly love this game, like I can appreciate the kinds of emotions it elicits in people that do love this game. And yeah. I actually will say, uh, Isabel does rule. Like the, the yeah. way Isabel has like penetrated even the fandom of that specific game into like Smash and stuff like that is like that's pretty cool. She's a cool character. Yeah. I also do have to very quickly. Uh, I I love this game very much with my whole heart. Can't not talk about how the only way you could become black and or brown in that game right. is by sun tanning. That fucking sucked. <laughs> that part did suck real yeah, bad. They have fixed right like that. That's better in the new one, right? In the new, new one, one, yes. Yeah. Uh, you do have to purchase another video game to be brown. It didn't patch that one in, huh? <laughs> no. Fix that. No. Go read Austin's thing about that. I mean, it's like it's it's the easiest. It's thing in so the world. easy. It's the easiest. Do you know how fucking hair colors are yeah. in this game, John? Yeah. Do you know how many fucking like carpet textures there are yeah, in this game? So many. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they. It's not like they didn't listen. Blizzard didn't have brown in in fucking Maya or whatever they make the characters in. That makes sense. I understand that. Nintendo definitely does have brown in there. <laughs> Yeah, they do. So they do. I don't know. Um, well, that is our number eight game of the decade: Animal Crossing New Leaf. Number seven, Nikki. It's time to take off in your rocket ship because if we're talking about Woo! Outer Wilds, yeah. our only twenty, our only twenty nineteen game on this list. Uh, Steven put this at forty one. I, I, I have to imagine it's just because Steven hasn't put in a ton of time uh, with it. Uh, but also, you know, uh, the the cold void of space scares Steven, which I totally understand. <laughs> I mean, straight up. <laughs> it, it does. It also scares me as well. Yeah. Uh, but it, it earned 201 points out of 300, just barely beating out Animal Crossing. Uh, Nikki, put this in number four. Nikki, please say a few words. There's, very quickly, because there's, there's a lot I want to say about this game, but I can't talk about because it yeah, is Yeah, we still need to do the spoiler cast, huh? Yeah. yeah. I gotta beat um, it, and then we can all do a spoiler cast. Yeah, we should do that. But the way... I... I there, this game is obtuse at times. It is, um, ver- it is very hand-holdy at times, and then sometimes it is very obtuse. The way that... The opening, like, 5 to 15 minutes of this game, when you are your first loop is so good. It's just, it is, the way that it guides you through the mechanics and the systems of the game that you then use in radically different fucking ways than you do on Timber Hearth are, it's just tremendous to me. Um, But the way that this game walks you up to locked doors and then is like, well, figure this one out. Yeah, now what? (laughs) And you're like, okay, I did go through a door a couple of minutes ago that kind of, I think, might help me here. Mm -hmm. And you go back and you look at it. All it takes is you look at the thing a different way. And you're like, oh. And then it puts, like, four other things into context immediately. And that is, it's just such a good feeling. There are very frustrating mechanical parts of this game that, like, are are just infuriating to me. Uh, But it... I don't know. It's just so good. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I really love the time loop film Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. of, what is it also known Live, as? Die, repeat. Live, die, repeat. Please. Uh, well, I, can't believe, I can't believe they officially renamed it. It's so infuriating. Uh, that, that game 
replicated the feeling of I figured this out. Hold on. Exactly. Done, and he got to go. It's back. so good, but it was never frustrating right. for me. Really, it, it was frustrating in ways that like. The world was like, yeah, this is frustrating. Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah like, we every, know. We know everyone's dying. Yeah, it doesn't was, isn't hey, that listen, bad? We're all in the same boat. Yeah, like they're all pissed too. You figure it out. You're yeah. the only one that's going to. Yeah. Um, Can I like, ask? I, did y'all play it please. on PC? No, I no, played it on Xbox. Played it on Xbox. Okay. So I fought. I fought. Um, I fought all of the frustration. Yeah, that that, that game was that not game. well optimized for console. No. I I mostly played it on. Um, that as well. I mostly played it on Xbox One, but I'm going to restart it on PC. So I'm yeah, I'm gonna yeah. find I, I this game like this week. Probably. Yeah, I can I can totally see. I as a I just a quick I like I just don't play computer games because I didn't have a computer that could play video games. So like the frustrations that all of y'all definitely correctly felt. I was like, this is just an Xbox One game to me. Right. <laughs> this I just know that I this know. is how this, video this, games are. This is, this is how I do. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Sorry. Yeah. No, oh, no. Go ahead, Daniel. I was just gonna say I I I have such an intense love and then fury relationship with this game mm-hmm. uh, because I think it is I think it's one of the most brilliantly designed games. Like the way there is an entire clockwork universe here that operates on a particular set of principles is mind blowing to me. And the fact that like all these puzzles make sense if you unravel them a particular way right. like, that is truly mind blowing to me. I just Very want good. a quick save. That's all yeah. I want. Yeah. I just Fair want enough. a quick save for the some of the mechanical frustrations. But I, I Fair I, enough. I don't want that to get in the way of the fact that like they made a universe that makes sense in its own very particular, very wacky little sci fi way, and that sense yeah. of discovery and that sense of mystery is so so well done that it, it, it super belongs up here. It it had the same feeling of wonder, and I mean, I know everyone makes a joke about. It. You see that mountain over there? You can <laughs> climb it. Like when I when I was looking at planets and moons and other celestial bodies yeah. from the surface of another place, knowing that I could basically just like teleport to that point, and all that stuff would be happening. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could see it. You could touch it. It's not like No Man's Sky where there is definitely some, like, magic going on. Like, all that stuff is really pretty much contained in this, like, one giant sandbox. And so it kind of is no wonder that it has some technical yeah. hiccups. But it's it yeah. that <laughs> sense of wonder was, like, really, really important for me to rank it as high as I yeah. did, too. And, so. and it's the – it's a, the – it's the game about space for me mm. that I played this decade that like gets the scale exactly to what I want because like you said yeah. you can be in a place look at another place and be like I could go I could there. go right there but you which means that everything is close in a way that you would want it to be. Yes. You can still get fucking stranded oh, yeah. and be very, very far <laughs> it's, from things. It's very scary. And it is very scary, <laughs> and it does emulate the exact same feelings that you would want to feel if you were stranded in space. Yeah. And that's really hard to do, and that scale is really, really hard to get right. Mm-hmm. And I think Outer Wilds does it Best. really, really well. The music is also so good. very good. Uh, so that is our number seven game of the decade. Number six, we were, we're, we're headed into some bangers here. Portal 2, 2011's 
release. Uh, I, I believe I'm checking here. Yes, it's the last thing Valve made. Weird. <laughs> uh, they just dropped off the face of the planet after that. Strange. Yeah, they, they shut the whole thing down. <laughs> 2011's, uh, one of 2011's releases, 204 points out of 300. Steven ranked this lowest at 34. Merit ranked this highest at number three. Merit, please tell us about Portal 2. Portal is a very good game. <laughs> Portal 2. I agree. Is, Portal 2 is like the Galaxy 2 kind of Yeah. Thing. Portal mm-hmm. 2 is like, yeah. to me, it's a game that at the time it came out, I would show it to people who like weren't really into games and be like, this is what video games can do. Like, yeah, like there's a lot of bad video games. Like there's a lot of bullshit in this medium, Mm -hmm. but also there's this. And like, this is a thing where like, it's an experience that can't be created in really any other kind of similar medium. Um, Just the ways that it makes you think about your environment um like obviously the narrative stuff is kind of cool like it's i think there is this really interesting narrative thread of like how uh how science uses certain people's bodies and uh lives to advance itself uh incredible voice acting too which really sells it but just at jk simmons uh, Mm. jk simmons yes incredible 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 performance, um, but just the simplicity of okay, you have a thing that can make two portals that connect to each other, and that's it. Go. We're gonna introduce things yeah. that complicate that, but that's all you have to manage. That's your tool, and the things that they do with that. Again, Portal. They do some interesting things. Portal Two. That moment when you break out of the facility and you get into the basement, it's just incredible. It's like... It's very good. It's been so long since I played it that I'm struggling to really describe any specifics, but I just feel like in terms of pure game design, in terms of like parsimony, and in terms of being able to show someone like, hey, this, um, it's just one of the best examples of the medium in the last decade. Yeah, it, it also has a transcendent co-op experience. Yes. <laughs> like the, yes. the co-op for in Portal 2 is so good and can be replayed like forever, I think, um, as long as you are swapping in people who have never played it before. Like if it, it I don't know, it's just so well designed. And if Portal 2, like the co-op for Portal 2 was a spin-off and standalone thing, I would have been like, oh yeah, that's cool. But then the fact that it is also attached to the video game Portal 2 is like wild to me. Dylan, what were you going to say? No, I just think that game is like the perfect blend of game mechanics, uh, comedy, and uh, just interesting enough story. Because I remember being hooked on like all of those things. Like I couldn't wait to see what they would introduce mechanically, you know, um, the jokes they threw out were just fantastic. Like you said, J.K. Simmons is just so good. He's very good. Um, and yeah, the, the, the whole... Lemon grenades? Say that again? Yeah, the fucking the lemon, lemon grenades. grenades. Oh, the yes. Mm. Lemons, lemons mm-hmm. yeah. No, we, I, my friends and I went on about that shit for like five years. Yeah. It, it's it's such a good game. Yeah. And it's not uh, like memed to death the way the first game is. Like, the, the first game was so simple that it would like really lent itself to just being like 
like repeated over and over and over yeah. again right. throughout pop culture. Yeah, stuff, like if, if only there was a way to like find the geeks and gamers <laughs> in the room, you know? Yeah, I sure wish I could <laughs> find somebody to help me hold all these lemons, right? Some, That's how that goes. Some, some cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, brother. But no, but the, but the 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 humor that they go for in Portal Two, as opposed to the humor in Portal One, is like a lot more. You know, it's it's a lot more subtle. It's a, it's a lot. It doesn't like lend itself as as heavily to just being like repeated to death, which is not the fault of the game necessarily. But it is it is just more like kind of the times that we live in that like everything and and honestly maybe it was the times that we lived in when Portal One came out, where one single thing could be like the center of gravity for all of culture for as long as we live. Uh, whereas now that's not, kind of not the case anymore because memes burn out so much more quickly now than they used to. But uh, Portal 2 like is, escapes both of those problems by just like telling a, a much more subtle, much more like granular story over time with its characters and stuff like that it, that I think like really works out to its favor. Wow, Portal 2, our number six uh-huh. game of the year. Incredible. Uh, oh, also, real quick tidbit. Valve paid The National, which as a mid-30s white dude is my favorite band. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they did pay The National to make a song called Exile Vilify, which you can find on a radio that's playing in a secret room. And it's very good. Very good song. Huh. Anyway. It's the only place you can hear it. <laughs> Definitely can't hear it on Spotify. Uh, no, you can't. Uh, okay. Uh, number five game of the decade is... Destiny 2. Really? 2017. Wow. Yes, 2017 okay. release. 200. How many people at this website play it? Like, a yep. Lot. Yeah. 205 points out of 300. Danielle put this at number 45. Dylan put this at number one. I'm expecting wow. the three chuckleheads who have put a billion hours into this, four chuckleheads, <laughs> to, uh, to weigh in on this. Dylan, please go first. Yeah. <laughs> chuckleheads. No, I mean. Yeah, it was really hard to figure out what game to put at number one. Um, and I mean, like, there, there have been a lot a lot of games over the last decade, and I think I had really high expectations coming to Destiny, uh, Destiny 1 and 2 specifically. Um, just because, you know, like, the original Halo trilogy and Reach, um, I, I was I was growing up during that period, I suppose, and, the, you know, they were uh, really important to me, and they just had this magic that, like, no other games had for me, and I was curious as to whether Bungie could capture that in any way shape or form again um and it's weird because when the original destiny came out you know i had a whole bunch of like mechanics flaws and system flaws and the same can be said for destiny 2 but as far as like the worlds go and the actual like lore of things if you try to actually feed into the lore because a lot of the stuff's not in the game like those games are so good on every front that it's hard for me to rank any other game higher than it which i'm sure other destiny people here can um back up like it's just so good on so many fronts there hasn't been a video game this decade that i like that i think i think about its aesthetics more than destiny 2 Mm. like there's just something about the way that destiny 2 looks and kind of feels and the like just general art design of Destiny 2, like, speaks to me on such a weird level that it is, like, I, I just, I like looking at that game, and I like looking at the things that come out of the game, um, and I just wish they would put more of the story in it. 
Right. Because it, it, the shooting feels good. <laughs> you want to know more about how we're Bitcoin mining the Vex to death? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, it's, it's the only game but between the two of them uh, in the last decade where every single week I'm like, what's what's happening? What's going on? Right. What is what has yeah. Bungie said? And I've kept up for five years even when I haven't played it for two months. Right. Yeah. It's very good at that. It's very. It's become better at it over time, and then it's it's had peaks and valleys. I don't think there's a game that has come out ever like that has had as many peaks and valleys as Destiny has, just as an experience. And it, there's almost something to be said about like watching about about enjoying watching the game like find its stride for like a few months and then fall back into the darkness <laughs> all yeah. over again <laughs> with it, a bad expansion um you know, as much as like that's not that's not fun when that happens it, you know to, to see it like fall apart it is fun to like be part of the conversation where where you know you're that one friend is like oh this is the good one no 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 yeah. no you got to understand it's time to come back it's time yeah. to get back into destiny baby and we have at this website done that you know, in the short year that we've been around, probably five or six times, right? Like, as a yeah. group. Um, and I think it is, like, in that way, kind of indicative of Fanbyte as a, as a site. Obviously, we write about it a lot and do a lot of video with it and stuff like that. But just, like, us talking about it in Slack, us talking about it on the podcast, all that stuff, it has become so just so emblematic of us as a group of people that have come together over this game. You know, obviously this is not including Danielle nah. <laughs> or John, really. So I'm sorry to keep you guys out of this, uh, out of this loop. No, like, Destiny is one of those things where I've given up on the idea that I can really keep up with a service game. I've just, I've, I've really given up on it. Well, but I've got it's, bad it's news the... for you. It's every video game. You're done with the games. <laughs> I mean, no. let me look at my, let me, let, let me look at my top... Ten of the decade, literally none of them fall. Threes is a service game. Um, threes is a service game. Yeah, no, you're right. The, those those uh, constant season packs of threes. Uh, a, a new number. I can't believe it. A new number. Unbelievable. Fours. A- Asher, you've outdone yourself. Um, Can you no, imagine so just, fucking skin packs for threes? I would love that. I would love that. Um, so Destiny, Destiny is, the, is the service game that I would jump into. It's the one that I keep, like, you know, on a weekend, I reinstall onto my PS4 yeah. or whatever. Just I'm, I'm like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. And I don't, but I'm, I, I am – it's the only thing when I get my Google Stadia that I'm going to play right Jesus away. Christ. Just to see – Yeah, just you to win see, all two of your Yeah, friends. just to see my, me and my, my .0003 closest friends. Yeah. And – um. <laughs> And and that's the only thing I'm going to play. I do I do think it is a testament to how good the core ideas of Destiny are that they're like clockwork. Mm-hmm. People fall off and then come back. Right. Like there is all there is there is knowledge because this is I the, the same thing is happening to me. I am starting to fall off of Destiny too. But the next Destiny 2 thing that comes out, I will 100% be opening that fucking door and walking back in. Yep. Because I like playing Destiny. Yeah. And it is really hard, I think, to make a game that is as consistently uh, inconsistent in a way that makes me, like, I fucking love that. It would be super cool if there were more games that, like, were chill with me walking away. Mm-hmm. And then welcomed me back with open arms in the way that Destiny does, right? And that's that indie studio feel, you know. It kind of yeah. like permeates. I mean, it is the best indie the game. game. <laughs> uh, 
I, it's funny that it's at five because like I don't know that I would place it that high, and I've probably put in more hours over the past six months than like anyone else. Yeah, in you, this you, team. I, Absolutely. I, I don't think it's fair. This isn't this 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 podcast is not about calling people out individually. But I was literally about to just point out that like yeah, you did not put this in your top ten. Yeah. Even though merit, I associate you most closely with this game. And it's now. funny. I only started playing Destiny because when I started working here, I was very insecure about the fact that I wasn't up to date on like any AAA video games and so I was mm-hmm. like I gotta I gotta make myself useful I gotta make myself indispensable so I don't get fired I'm gonna start playing one of these <laughs> so I was like okay so here are my choices uh, Anthem The Division yeah. or Destiny and uh, I think I made the right choice I think we'll all agree yeah. oh yes And uh, well no Anthem is gonna turn around no, it there, is. it's it real is. close those, those Mass Effect uh, armors yeah. that was cool um, yeah. the thing I'll say about Destiny is like yeah everyone's spoken to like the lore and like the world and just like the feel of it and those are all really great uh i'm at a place now where it's both a really it can be a really high stakes uh energetic pve or pvp occasionally situation and it can just as easily be something that i do while i'm listening to an audiobook and i'm just mm-hmm. like knocking out bounties and i'm not even really paying that close attention to it but just the feeling of movement and gunplay in that game is so good that it, it can, yeah, it's like, it can be this really intense, engaging experience, and it can also be this really relaxing, meditative experience. And that's a tough needle to thread. Yeah. It's like Fortnite. I'm just going to let that hang. Okay, I'm hanging up the call. <laughs> I'm hanging up the call and leaving the office. No, uh... Destiny's a, a cool game. Just ain't my bag, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Choice of words, Danielle. That sort of game just ain't my bag, baby. I was going to ask, Danielle, what uh, major AAA live service game you are going to get into so that we don't fire you. So if you could just get oh, back no. to me before Friday with that. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. That's some bad news for me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get that light level up. Like John, I don't, I don't have a lot of those. I just, power um, level, John. Just please. can't. That's all that exists. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like that. It's I, not though. It's straight up not. not. Like it's, bit. it's not even a little bit. All that exists. That's what? the thing. Is that like? Name another video game, John. I could name you like forty-two you on this can, list. I, that you aren't. can't. Exactly. Here's the question. Most of this list. What if by the like we I like we're all having fun here I get it but like what I just am <laughs> super excited for this time next year when we're recording Game of the Year podcast and Danielle is just like yeah I don't know I I just started getting into Warframe because I needed something to play uh, to I to really talk Warframe about for oh really actually <laughs> yeah huh. uh, oh my god that's a long out. time ago thirty yeah, years ago yeah. or maybe twenty four like cool. January twenty fourteen. That game, game is such that, that so you you've reviewed a different game than what Warframe oh, is today, basically. Like, yeah, I, I just I'm not, yeah. I'm not opposed at all. I think it's just the type of gameplay is is not exactly my thing. Like, if you gave me a, a, a yeah, I know a joke, but if you gave me like an Into the Breach where there were new maps and new missions and new things mm. like that, I would be all about it. So it's not it's in, not gonna have a into the, the breach. Model. Yeah, right. That, that <laughs> in thing. the number two, the breach. Yeah, in, yeah. In the, yeah. Uh, it's just the type of gameplay. Like, I'm just not um, that oriented towards first-person shooters. I like them as a as a V 
vehicle for other things. Like, I, I sure love Prey. I sure love Bioshock. Right. I don't do a lot of shooting in either of those games, and that's fine. And I have no... I have no problem. I don't think I'm, like, superior because of this. My, you know, my dumb ass has been playing, you know, 1,800 hours of one game. I'm... This is not a high horse that I am sitting upon. Let me just be clear. Well, about Danielle, that. would you like to continue your uh, first-person shooter high horse? Because you did <laughs> rank our number four game of the decade, Titanfall Yo. 2. Let's fucking go. At, at number 24, <laughs> Let's our 2016 go. release, 20, uh, 211 points out of 300. Danielle put this at 24. Still a high ranking, yeah. frankly. Uh, top half it. of this list. Uh, Nikki put this at 6, but I know a bunch of us could talk about this game. Yeah. So, Nikki, go ahead. Okay. Um, the There's... Okay. Titanfall 2 has the... In my opinion, IML. The best single like stage in a single player for a Russian shooter campaign. And it's the one where they give you the time watch. Of course. The fucking Effective. time um, watch. It's, there's like, that, no, it's just like out of nowhere. Like, Oh, for this yeah, level, yeah. Uh, you can go back and forth in time. And uh, mm-hmm. the, in the present, it's just a totally abandoned facility. And in the past, people are just constantly like, are, wait, are where chilling. did you come from? Yeah. What yeah. They're at off? work. Yep. They're just at work, and you show up and do murder, <laughs> and then you disappear. Have y'all seen speedruns at that level? Yeah. It it's fucking, so good. It is, it is like art. Like, really, genuinely, I love watching that specific level being speedrun. But it, also just not speedrun. It's wonderful. It is. the That game feels so, so good. Mm-hmm. It is like butter. Mm-hmm. There's no... The... The all of for for all of the mobility complaints that people have had with battlefields, and for the, especially the later Call of Duties, um, that there's no like there's no reason mm-hmm. like I I think is like a lot of the complaint, especially with like Black Ops Three or with Advanced Warfare, um, that there was no real reason that you could do the double jump or you could do the wall run um, because there was really no incentive to do it. It just kind of felt tacked on. The way that the there's a verticality to Titanfall two in both the single player and the multiplayer maps that makes the your entire kit feel required and necessary and natural in a way that I just think is masterful. Um, it's really well written. It makes you care about a fucking big robot, um, which I guess isn't hard. A lot of people care about big robots. Let me tell you um, about Optimus Prime. <laughs> but you care about this one quite a bit. Um, there's he, gives, a, he does give you that fist bump at the end of that he game. He gives you a yep. fist bump, and then the solution in multiple scenarios to get you from point A to point B is he's like, <laughs> get into my hand. And then he, you're like, what? And he's like, just fucking do it. And then he throws you very far. <laughs> and that's very funny to me. Um, also, the multiplayer is really good. For I mean, it's just, it's just really good multiplayer. The weapons are great. Um the the feel like the tactile feel of shooting in that game feels really good there's a really rewarding progression system um the sound that the game makes when you level up is very good which is actually like very important to me in a first person shooter <laughs> i mean um, it, this is from the people who made call of duty 4 modern yeah player. exactly um and also, there were skins for Buffalo Wild Wings that you could get for the robots. And like. God. I came into Titanfall 2 like a year and a half late, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think because it was free on um, 
PlayStation PS Plus. Plus yeah. And yeah. I played the single player campaign and was just like, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> this is like, this is unreal. And like, it just throws all this stuff at you and it's just like having fun. It's just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's a plot, uh, sort of, but it don't really matter. Um, this is just an excuse to like, have you do a time travel or um, there's that one level where you're in like a a facility that's building like prefab. Oh my god! Yeah, the the fuck yeah. It's like building yep. prefab colonies and like so you're in this enormous factory that's like lifting up and assembling these like huge grassy boxes with like houses and things in them and it's like just the sense of scale and of traversal is like this is I know, in a way this game is like Death Stranding because it makes traversal like a core part of the game yeah. and um, then when I played the multiplayer I probably played I don't know I played dozens of hours of the um, the horde mode but yeah, yeah, that horde mode is so good. It's very good. Um, mm-hmm. The two guys that you have that, like, when you drop out of the dropship and they, like, they're narrating everything are mm-hmm. so much fun. The characters in that game are a lot of fun. I couldn't give you any of their names except BT. But, like, again, another way it's like Death Stranding. But it's just <laughs> oh, everyone's, having, everyone's having a ton of fun in that game. And uh, the fact that you can leap onto someone else's robot pull out its mm-hmm. power core, uh-huh. throw a grenade into it, <laughs> nuke it, and, like, launch yourself into the air, and then land on a friend's robot and put that energy core into it to, like, recharge yeah. them is just... <laughs> it's so mwah. good. It's very... It's a very good video game. When you grapple... You can grappling hook... First of all, that's very that's good. Tr- you have yeah. a grappling <laughs> hook. If you put a good grappling hook also, in Also, yeah. um, it's like, yep. For a while, they nerfed the grappling hooks so you didn't have as many charges because they wanted people to use some of the other abilities. And then they were like, no, mm-hmm. that was stupid. Sorry. No, <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah. Okay, everyone can <laughs> do it all the time. Now. Yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone either picks mistake. grappling hook or fast run. Yeah. Those are the only two. Yeah. But when you grappling hook people, you just do a kick. Yep. Like at some point in the animation, you find that your legs are at your head level <laughs> and you are flying towards the person yeah. you were about to hit in yeah. like a karate kick situation. The the, the big, the, the fatal error of Apex Legends is that they made one of the yeah. legends yeah. the one with the Can you the imagine if hook, everyone had a grappling hook? Everyone should just have a grappling hook. Yep. Yeah. Also, Apex Legends. Is Apex like, Legends rules. Yeah. Like, sorry, like, if that's part of the legacy of Titanfall 2, it's a separate game. It's weird, but it's like, but I think case. it's, I know, but it's like, that game feels better than any other service, like, competitive first-person shooter yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. well it, and you just one thing to, to point out about the multiplayer that I don't think we've said about in Titanfall 2 specifically is just that, like, me as somebody who does not like the speed of... Like, people always complain in Destiny uh, about the time to kill being too long, and I actually really enjoy the kind of, like, protracted gunfights in, in multiplayer. And this is obviously, like I said before, from the people who made Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So it's like, the time to kill is usually very, very quick in Titanfall 2. But the fact that you can play that game in such a way where, like, as Merritt was saying, like, no, you're not even worrying about, like, shooting other people to death. You are you are running around, and you can be useful in a way that is not just, like, I get headshots real good. You can be, the, the running itself is useful in the competitive multiplayer, in a deathmatch, where you yeah. are just 
energizing other people, or you're sitting around just, just trying to charge up your own robot as quick as possible, where you can then also have those protracted gunfights, and then, like, run out and try to charge up your own robot and stuff like that. Like, the, like, just the spectrum of experiences that you can have and still feel incredibly useful in traditional Call of Duty-style multiplayer is so like there's there's a level of accessibility to it right there's like a there's an argument to be made that it is one of also at the same time as being like this incredibly high speed high octane nightmare also incredibly accessible to a lot of people like me who usually suck at that stuff yeah yeah there's also a gun called the smart pistol that <laughs> when you, let's you walk into a room and the gun is like ah there are five people in it's here would you good. like to I shoot all of them pistol. at the same that time and funny. kill them instantly it's very that, good. It is so at hard. The end of that game. Uh huh. So good. Smart pistol. It's so good. But even in multiplayer, it is so hard to create a gun that is effectively an aimbot, one hit kill, and like not feel fucking terrible when you get killed by it. Right. Like y- it, you are like, ah, I guess I had the smart pistol, and you move on with your life. Can you imagine if there, that gun existed in a Call of Duty? Oh my it god. It would like it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. I can imagine it because that was in that was basically the problem with Titanfall One multiplayer was that yeah. was that smart yeah. pistol was too good. And then in the Titanfall Two campaign, they give you the smart pistol from Titanfall One at the yeah. end of that game, and you're just <laughs> yeah. very good. running through annihilating folks without your robot. But it's, it's very, such a good, good moment of like disempowerment followed by immediate completely new empowerment and like you know we everybody talks about effect and cause the time travel mission but like that game is just that that is one of the greatest missions in any first person shooter ever made and then also that game is full of other missions that are mm-hmm. almost as good like the one Merritt talked yeah. about that is the where you're fighting through the prefab colony base and then ends with you like getting to the top of that building and realizing that they, they have built an entire town out of the prefab buildings <laughs> and that you are fighting through it now but then also yeah the, that mission at the end where you're like jumping you're being thrown from spaceship to spaceship by BT, um, like, in air while you're fighting Metal Gear Solid bosses who are, like, the fucking, mm-hmm. I don't know, this is the jetpack one. This is the one that can go invisible. And uh, they all have, like, like anime Gundam-style, like, I'm going to talk to you over the radio real quick and, like, yeah. shout at you and stuff. It's just, like, dripping with personality in a game that absolutely should not have had that. There's no reason for it to ever done that. They didn't need to go this hard, but they did, is basically what I'm saying. McClunky! Alright, so, uh... <laughs> I'm just saying that because they're making the Jedi game. Yeah. Also, yeah, I see. that will have McClunky. Right. In it. Um, so, I actually just realized that our number four and three games are actually tied. Oh! So, shit. Titanfall 2 is three, three, 3B. I see. And 3A, game of the decade, is... And this has this also has the distinction of having the widest discrepancy... Ah, ...of lowest ranking... To highest at 48 spaces. Oof, a doofa. It is Mass Effect 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 2010's, uh, one of 2010's releases, I think the earliest game on this list. 211 points out of 300. Nicholas, who was a baby when this game came out, uh, ranked it at 50. 50. Yeah. 50. It means literally nothing. 50, to me. Nikki. It means 50. nothing to me. 50, Nikki. Yeah. And then Dylan put it at number two, and I can tell you now that almost, I think everyone else put it in their top 11. Um, so let's talk about Mass Effect 2. Dylan, why don't you start us off? I would be very upset with Nikki, except for the fact that it still managed to rank high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a bunch of us still put it really high on the list. Yeah. So, Yeah, I mean, Mass Effect 2 is like... So listen, I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn right now, 
and yeah. to this day I'm still like, oh, this reminds me of Mass Effect. It's like I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there are moments in many video games where I'm just like, oh, this reminds me of Mass Effect. Like I want it. Um, and I think that says a lot about it, considering the game is ten years old. Mm, um, yeah. God, the game is old. Like, yeah. Mass Effect One was good. I played that game so much. Um, Ma- like the, the original game came out, uh, and I de- that's the year I defined myself as stopping being a baby. <laughs> Mass Effect One took your virginity. <laughs> well, that, that was the year Halo, uh, Modern Warfare, and Mass Effect came out, and I didn't even know what those games were. And that was the last year I was like, "Oh, I should pay attention to video games, huh?" Um, but uh, oh, that's off topic. Uh, so I think Mass Effect Two is like the epitome of that franchise for me. Uh, it, it was by far the best. Like three was three was good, but there was you know the whole snafu with the ending and. It had a, some other problems as well, but like every moment of Mass Effect 2, like the environments, the characters, just all that stuff is so damn memorable. Um, and to this day, it still has my favorite locales, my favorite characters, and I think that says a lot mm. in considering um, mm-hmm. how extensive that game is and, and how many games have come out since that really should outshine it, but somehow don't, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I... Uh, so the, this kind of had the... Uh, it's it's the perfect middle of the trilogy kind of experience where they they basically figured out all the problems of one without getting to the part where they tripped all over themselves in three and and I think like although I still I, I have I have I have a lot of fondness for three yeah. and I actually I actually low key think one is better than two or three mm-hmm. I'm one of those weird contrarians mm-hmm. um, I might be with you on that. for sure yeah it has the most I, interesting I, story beats I think. It it does, and and I and you know I, I I still even though it's busted as hell liked writing the Mako around those those environs and yeah. and feeling like I was really you yeah, know that all sucked. being in those places that fucking sucked yeah <laughs> it, 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 it's fine it's it listen it's fine um, I, I just the 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 nature of like yeah this is my crew and like I'm gonna help them solve their problems and and their problems started to mean something to me beyond just like, oh, I'm taking off boxes um, because it's going to give me experience points. Like, like I, I quit, I quit kind of thinking about that. And I was like, oh no, I want to, I want to solve their problems. Like, like Miranda kind of sucks. Why does she suck? I'm yeah. going to figure out why she sucks. Oh, you suck because of this. Oh, oh your dad fucking like, sucks. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, your dad sucks. Oh. That's why you suck. Yeah. Okay. So like, I get you. Now. A lot of crappy like, dads cool. in the Mass Effect universe come to think of it. You think yeah, about like, yeah. how things go with Jacob. <laughs> Jacob's dad sucks. No. Yeah. Um, and and I just I got like mega mega attached to that crew and those side quests, and it didn't even matter that like the collector story fucking sucked. Like that was just like nothing what? for me. John, you didn't love the giant weird T one thousand baby reaper thing at the end of that game. <laughs> okay, no, I didn't. I but didn't. But the love collector that. story no. sucked. But it, it, the story isn't really the point. It's just like a no, dirty dozen style. Like, right? Oh, yep. we're all probably going to die, but yeah. yep. we got to do this. Um, we got to do it. And it's, there is a, actually... there is a way to end that game where everyone dies. Um, right. You can't continue you. to Mass Effect three, but you can continue if. Shepard survives. Um, everyone else in that game could die, and you could yep. end the trilogy with all of them dead. And, and there's, there's something to be said. Like, obviously, that is not 
Mass Effect 2 is probably not even the first game to do that, but the scale of game we're talking about when we're talking about a Mass Effect 2, like an EA published, like once right. some, like a Microsoft exclusive, like one of the marquee franchises of that whole generation being like, oh no, there's just massive amounts of content that you can just miss because, and, and like, we're okay with that. It was like one of the first games that was like, okay with that kind of thing. Like, I, I feel like The Witcher 2 was also kind of in that vein too, but like, it's just kind of a risk that AAA games don't make anymore. Yeah, I, I will say a few things. A, never had Rex, which was, you know, one of the best characters in the series. No! Wowzers! No. Wowzers! Wowzers! Uh, and, and, see, yeah, Rex means nothing to me because he died in Mass Effect 1 for me. Um, Interesting. And two, it's the only... Because, like, I pride myself, and usually when I make decisions, I just stick with it because you can't predict what's right. going to happen. But with Mass Effect 2, when Tali died, I 100% save scum. Like, 100% <laughs> save scum. <laughs> And it's the yep. only time I've ever, like, saved scum in a major game, which I think means a lot. <laughs> yeah, Tali's I, yeah, I, uh, Tali's one of my favorite characters, uh, probably ever in video games. Is she and the I mean, one that can't go outside because her skin is bad? Yeah, and she's, got, she she's allergic sick. to everything. I see. Although, yeah. there is a Do you really fix good... that? Well, in, in one of the best scenes in Mass Effect 3, there is a part where she wants to get drunk before they go on a mission because she's feeling very bad. And so she's, like, you know, trying to, to drink alcohol or whatever. And then, like, when you ask her how she's doing that without, like, infecting herself, she does talk about an emergency induction port on her suit. And you point out that, Tally, that's just a straw. And she gets very <laughs> mad when you point she out gets, that she's just drinking out of a straw. It's very good. Uh, Nicholas, to answer your question maybe more thoroughly, you can have sex with Tali. That you I have figured. To, you have to prepare for that yeah, because she is allergic to everything. Yeah. And then so, Morton Solis like, has that whole line about like, how he's, like, trying one? to prepare antibiotics for you to have sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this Oops. is this is a great game. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, it, it's a very good game. I, uh, I still miss... Um, miss this feeling. I think I think I can get it back. I'm convinced that I can get it back, but it's never really. I've never really gotten it back from uh, another game. So Mass Effect Two does have a very like uh, specific place in my heart. And rest in peace, you know. Rest in peace, rip. Yeah, they killed yeah, rip, 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 rip. Uh, They killed. They did Mass kill Mass Effect, Effect uh, with a very big game uh, called Mass Effect Andromeda. Pour one out. Um, our number two game of the decade is. Gone Home 2013 wow. release. Right. Yep. Uh, 221 points out of 300. Steven ranked this lowest at 23. Still in the top half. Merritt ranked this highest at four. Merritt, please talk about Gone Home a little bit. Uh, yeah, wow. Um, I really did not know what to expect going in. Yeah. And um, I think also uh, Gone Home, I think, benefited from a sort of general uh, paucity of quality narrative in games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what it, the story that it tells is not a particularly novel story. And I think sure. definitely the fact that it is a game um, gives it an advantage there. But all that said, wow, it's like a first-person exploration game that I was convinced was going to be a horror game. Uh, right. Yeah. And <laughs> it turns yep. out to not be that at all, uh, except for one jump scare. <laughs> there is one yeah. jump scare, but after that, it's just like this like puzzle-solving experience where you're trying to piece together this narrative, 
And I think it really put, like, you know, Dear Esther was, like, sort of in that space already. But I think it put, like, first-person narrative games really on the map for a lot of people um, as something that could go beyond just, like, you're walking around hearing a story. Um, as something where, like, oh, no, you're, like, handling objects and interacting really ta in a tactile fashion with this world. Um, and putting all of the shit at the top of the stairs and then knocking it off uh, for some reason. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was uh, a big deal when I played it. And um, when, as you sort of figure out, like, what the story is about, it's like, oh. And again, yeah, just, you know, there was a disclaimer that, like, I think at the time, the narrative reception to that game was like, this is astounding. But it was like, well, actually, you know, it's, it's a well-written story and it's an interesting one. But like, I think it speaks also to the fact that to the state of, of video game narratives at that time. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I will say also that just like it's a good reminder. It, it's one of the first quote unquote big deal games I can think of that is like where the state like whatever genre you're talking about video games tend to put the focus on like end of the world type stakes and like you know you're saving the world from space aliens or you're saving the world from the dark overlord or you're doing whatever right, you know yeah. what, whatever kind of game you're playing and then this is just a game where it's just like nope it's just about one family and their weird interpersonal politics with each other and that's it that's the whole thing and you and games can just be about that and not only can games be about that but like Games can be about that and also, like, big cultural touchstones for people outside of, like, itch, you know? Like, that sort of thing. Yeah, and, like, also at the time, this was a game that I remember people who did not play games being like, oh, have you heard about Gone Home? And I'd be like, yeah, how, how did you hear about Gone Home? <laughs> um, but it was really cool because, I mean, first-person games, I think, are one of the hardest genres for people who haven't been playing games for a long time to experience because the concept of navigating a fictional three-dimensional space is actually really hard to wrap your head around if you haven't been doing it for a few years mm -hmm. but this is a game where like you don't need twitch reflexes or anything and right so i think the movement at first takes people a little while to get used to but once they have they can sort of really get that experience of being in like an immersive game world yeah. I really like games where you can pick stuff up and look at it. Oh yeah, no, it's very good. Same. And and that's such a you know like every Merritt, you've definitely touched on like all of the elements of this game that I've is a reason I ranked it high. But like just being in this this house, um, I'll I'll say this, and Stephen, you're gonna roll your eyes, and that's fine. It reminded me of playing Shinmu, and I when I was a kid, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Now Nikki has taken off his headphones and left. Oh, but wow. but here's what I but here's what I mean by that. When I was a kid and I was in this very lived-in space and I could kind of interact with the entire world and pull things out of drawers, like that felt very that helped me transport me to a mindset and a space that I think like gone home did that really well. I'd actually built a house that with, with a few like very notable exceptions, like trap doors and shit like that. Um, like secret <laughs> compartments. It felt like a real lived in space in a house that like, Oh, I've, I've, I've had friends that decorated the room exactly like this. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I was interacting with the space and it kind of reminded me of that, um, that child space where I was really able to pick stuff up and interact with it. And, 
that's that that was something that stood out for me. One one last small thing, like kind of semi related to what you just said about like people decorating the rooms like that and being recognizable in that way. Got right. home. I also want to give credit for being kind of ahead of the curve on like '90s nostalgia, yeah. like mm-hmm. <laughs> being a game. Yeah, for sure. Like. Good lord, video games. Like, just, the 80s were not the only decade that ever existed. Please, for the love of God, remember that there are other cultural touchstones that other people... Remember the 90s. Remember the 90s, please. (laughs) Like, that that part where you find, like, uh, your... I think it's your sister has, like, the pin-up poster of, of, uh, God, what's her name, who plays uh, Scully on the X-Files? Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that whole scene is very funny and also, like, just like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. There are yeah. other things, there are other people can draw influences from things that aren't the fucking Goonies and Ghostbusters. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, like, na- name-checking Kathleen Hanna, like, in a, in a video game is, like, is, 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 is weird. Like, you know, that, that was definitely weird. Um, and, and that felt important for, I think, a lot of us, like, who had grown up and, and, yeah, like we had seen a lot of touchstones created, th- these nostalgia points created by, frankly, like straight white dudes that had like military fetishes. Mm-hmm. Like that that was like, <laughs> like all of our though. touch points for video games were really created kind of in that vein, right? And then like this thing came out and I think for a lot of people and definitely myself included, I was like, oh, like this this punk band that my my queer spouse is obsessed with, like that's like... You know, so like, oh, wow! I really can't fucking believe that this is in a video game. Like that was stuff that I I definitely remember being kind of enamored with. Um, anyway, yeah, I I'll, I'll say a quick ass thing. Uh, I played this. I actually reviewed it, uh, so I played it a few weeks before it came out, and uh, I've played it once. I've never gone back to it. I certainly like watched <laughs> speedruns because they're very amusing uh, <laughs> right. and all sorts of other stuff, but. I remember playing this on a Friday night, uh, you know, in like August, early, maybe July 2013, uh, before it's, you know, 27 billion years ago uh, when we (laughs) lived in a very different world. And like finishing it, putting it down and just like walking over to the window and like staring out the window and feeling like, wow, somebody, I had never had the experience of, oh, somebody made a game that actually felt very sort of real to me. And my Mm -hmm. like, I was a queer girl in the '90s, like, right? So, like, a lot Mm -hmm. of this stuff was extremely, extremely, extremely uh, close to my experience. And sort of growing up in like, oh, a relatively, you know, you would look at it this as like a very happy and kind of stable home with you know nice parents that were nice to me, kind of thing. And then your queerness being like, oh my god, like what, what the fuck, you know, like it being a really massive, massive thing for the whole family to kind of have deal with i'm not saying things mm-hmm. turned out the same way or anything like that but this was very much like oh i had never thought i'd play a video game that actually spoke to me about anything like this and yes of course we live in a world now where there's much more queer representation but at the time this was astounding to me and very personal to mm-hmm. me uh and i thought the craft of the game uh lived up to that and lived up to telling a very personal story so still very near and dear to my heart and the 90s are like actually weirdly a perfect like encapsulation of that because it's the it's the era where like the you know proliferation proliferation of uh, the internet and technology and stuff like that like started to let people kind of like uh, I, I at least in my head it's it's obviously like there were you know queer communities and stuff like that going back you know millennia but like you know it, it it became the kind of thing where it's like you couldn't just they they weren't like pop culture couldn't hide it anymore like they the culture yeah, it was, it, it was 
It was at your fingertips, right, like in yeah. a way that it wasn't there before, for right, sure. The, the gatekeeping of like what was like, of Hollywood and TV and stuff like that could no longer right. just like determine what you did know about and what you didn't know about, and mm -hmm. they use that to you know to great effect in this game. Yep. Uh, so that is our number two game of the decade, and number one, not even close, honestly. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. not, it's not surprising. Yeah, it's, it's not, it be it's, it's, it's just, it should be there. And threes again. Us, it is, uh, <laughs> what did you say? Threes again. Threes again. I can't believe it. It's actually uh, it is caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I that fucking rips. I, unbelievable. Yeah, no. uh, Fanbyte.com's number one game of the decade is 2017's The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. With, okay, so I just want to point this out. Gone Home is at number two with 221 points out of 300. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 278 points out of 300. <laughs> is that a big gap? I mean, a massive, 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 overwhelming response to this game. Uh, Steven actually ranked this lowest at 17. Um, and Nikki and I put it at number one. Um, and then everyone else is really basically in the top 10, obviously. Um, this, I, we, we, could, we could go on for a very long time about this game. Um, I'll just say it's a game that if I lost all my save files right now, all my 270 hours of it, I wouldn't feel one yeah. ounce of sadness. Yeah, I would start it right up again immediately and do everything again. Don't give a shit. I've done it three times. Yeah. Like, I, it, it's, it's a game that has filled me with wonder and it's never let up on that. And it's... Um, I, you know, it feels kind of cheap in a way, but like, I think Austin Walker's review of this game, like two days before I bought it, I was just like, I want to feel this way about this game, but I'm scared that I won't. Mm -hmm. And I did. And it's my favorite game of all time. Yeah. Nikki. This game reminded me why I liked video games. Because I had been, I was in a bit of a of a funk for a couple of years, um, like coming right out of high school and then having uh, worked on video games plural. I was like, oh, maybe I don't like these things anymore. <laughs> um, and then there was just something about Breath of the Wild that was like, first of all, it was like, oh, video games are good. This this is what they can be. But it felt like I was the first game that I finished and beat by myself was Wind Waker. And there was a feeling that I I can remember the smells and what I was doing and like where in my house I was sitting when I started that game, when I was in the middle of that game, when I finished that game. Um, and I didn't realize I had kind of been chasing all of those feelings for my entire life after I had played it, and Breath of the Wild was like, oh, let me just rifle through your brain. I found all of them. I found all of those feelings. Um, here you go. Here they are for you. And it just kept doing that. It was like the first video game I had ever played somehow, even yeah. though the things that it was doing were not brand new. It was not presenting to you any, like... This is the first time we put a sword in a video game. No, but but it, I will say it did do one thing for the first time that I, I've never seen really before or since, and it's traversal. Yes. Yeah. Like, 
the the joy of a game like Death Stranding is in its traversal, mm-hmm. but Bre- Breath of the Wild still does it better than like any other game yeah. that's ever 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 come out. And and I think like the verticality of those spaces is something that like I love that they decided to say, is it realistic to glide? at 10 miles an hour into the face of a mountain and then latch onto it and then climb upward? No. no, it's not. I mean, you would die if you did that. But, like, it it just... You could do anything. You could yeah. tackle these problems and these, these little micro-stories that pop up constantly. Yeah. You could, you could tackle them in any way. You can chase... Your bliss. You can chase a mystery. You can chase. You can. You can make sure you have enough apples to feed a dog. You yeah. can. Um, you know, it's like it's just such a. It's a game where I'm finding new joys in it every time I play it, yeah. and it's a game I played an unbelievable amount. There's also something like beautiful to me about watching other people play this mm-hmm. game because i watched yeah. my girlfriend katie play this game like this calendar year um and sh- the way just like leaning over and looking at the way she was solving a shrine and being like what the fuck are you doing why did right you now do why did you do this this yeah. way or she would hand me the controller and be like i can't figure this out and i would be like oh okay i'll just freeze the ball in midair crouch underneath it fucking just fire four arrows into it and then spin around for a while and then just hit it over this wall instead of yeah. doing the puzzle is like it's just that's so fucking cool mm-hmm. it's a legend of zelda game which like the prior to this the chief complaint has been there's an A to B, and you kind of have to do it. Kind of have to do this way. Yeah. Here's you, here's the tool to solve that problem. Yeah. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have a friend who put 200 hours into this game, and did not even do like didn't beat Ganon. Yeah. Like hadn't yeah. beaten Ganon. Yeah. Was like I'm gonna do the shrines, mm-hmm. and then do all of this other stuff, mm-hmm. and then was like, oh, there's oh, there's more. Oh, okay. And then she beat Ganon. Mm-hmm. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Now, Stephen, why do you hate this? I'm totally kidding. 17. I'm totally kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, this game is absolutely fantastic. Like, it's... it's. I, I think I put, I put it as low as I did, partially just because I think, like... The, um, yeah, as low as I did, but partially because it does a lot of things that I've also seen and, and enjoyed better in other games, but it does them in ways that are just, like, going to be, by virtue of production value, more accessible and more instantly, like, arresting to, like, a wider audience, which I think has a lot of value to it as well. Like, something like a Heat Signature, which we talked about before, is, mm, a, game, is a game that sure. has very similar things. Problem problem solving in many different ways, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. But but Heat Signature is a top-down indie game with where you have to let your brain do a lot of the fill in a lot of the gaps as to what's actually happening on screen, whereas sure. Breath of the Wild renders that in beautiful detail uh, 99% of the time. There's some frame rate issues here and there, depending on how you play, but it's whatever, right? At the end of the day it doesn't really matter. Because uh, the game looks gorgeous and, and has this like incredibly uh, colorful style that is like Really appealing to, I think, people of all ages and, and just widely, you know, acceptable to a large audience. And um, the, I guess like, if I had any criticisms to level with the game, it's, you know, obviously 
this is something we haven't talked about yet. Like, there's the there's the weirdness about like the kind of like pseudo transphobia towards parts of it that can be read in different ways. I've definitely seen a lot of really good fan art out there of Garuda Link, uh, of people like <laughs> definitely reappropriating sure. that particular moment from that game. Um, but um, you know, and the, the, I don't think the dungeons are particular. Like the shrines themselves are usually very cool, but also there's a lot of shrines in that game that are just like there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot, and and maybe thirty percent of them are all right. Go go kill this guardian. Go 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 fight this. Yeah. Big, go fight this big robot, and that's it. That's sure. One. Uh, yep. And and the the sacred beasts or divine beasts or whatever they're called aren't particularly memorable either. You know, those are yeah, if, if I have if somebody. Sorry. Sorry, are you saying uh, the uh, the one where you're trying to attack the uh, the one that's an elephant by riding on mm-hmm. your best friend Prince Sidon's yeah. back yeah, as yeah, he swims yeah, yeah. through the water <laughs> and you shoot mm-hmm. arrows into it? Uh, that's that wasn't memorable. Uh, the, so, well, that's not get that's getting to the shrine. Okay, yeah, no, no, I mean, yeah, I will agree the that dungeon. inside the shrines part were felt the, the most like a chore of any right. of this game. Exactly. Also, I, no, uh, I I just put a video in the chat. Sorry to interrupt, and I yeah, need everyone okay. to watch that. It fucking rules. Well, Merritt, you you've also brought up like a, the because you posted this, which is a a video of someone who is just a, a straight up fucking expert at yeah. this game, uh, beating a Lionel in, in a, just in an unbelievably efficient way. Um, so like the best Twitter accounts on earth, frankly, are physics. Based yeah. Breath of the Wild like fuckery basically <laughs> like I love like even two and a half years after this game has come out people are finding new ways to manipulate the physics system in this game and do crazy shit with it and also just stuff like this of like oh hi I'm I'm so good at this game you're going to watch this like twenty different times on yeah. a loop and and I don't know be agog the yeah. entire time the, also the best Wii U game ever made. <laughs> Oh my I fucking god, it did it come out of How was that? Played this, I played 300 hours of this game on the Wii U because Fuck yeah. Austin that Water rips. Got the Switch code. The Switch version. No. And yeah. Nintendo sent us a Wii U copy and he's oh like, "You god. want this?" I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want this." So I played the whole thing on that fucking Fisher Price ass. <laughs> That's amazing. Gamepad and I still loved every damn second of it right. and thought it was incredible i actually went to every place once the map dlc came out you know the sort of first dlc i forget mm-hmm. the official name but it was oh yeah the, the dlc that showed you where you've been i oh made the decision so cool to go to every single place that had anything like anything whatsoever in this game uh that was very fun and i liked it a lot i uh look forward yeah. to finally playing it in a month <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Dylan, I do want to point out you did rank this game higher than Steven, although you've not played it. Yeah. So I, I, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's the it's the Undertale logic of like you know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure you have to play it to appreciate it, but uh, it just it's, yeah. I mean, what what are you looking forward to most? I uh, well, for one, fi- playing a Zelda game because I've never played any Zelda game, let alone this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good one to start. I yeah. might almost say the other ones might be ruined for you after playing this nah, one. Nah, fucking Link Between Worlds is very good. Okay. But yeah, no, oh, I, fuck. I didn't put that game on my list. That game rips. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like everyone could just agree that this game is good, which is why it ranks so high. Like, even though I've never played it, I know it's really good. I know it's one of the best games of the last decade. So, like, everyone can agree that it's good. Uh, unlike Mass Effect 2, Nikki. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's it's good, and I look forward to playing it. So, 
I'm I'm looking forward to the day where I'm not giving you shit like literally <laughs> four times a week for not playing this game for playing Battlefield Hardline before I've playing. Never, no. uh, I've never no, played I, that game. <laughs> John, John, here's the thing though. Here's the thing about what's going to happen is you. He's gonna hate it. He's gonna fucking hate it. Remember he's what happened when it. he played near Automata and he was like, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, he was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I beat it once. I'm done. I don't need to play through the other uh, branches. I'm good. Um, anyway, this is our this is our bullying podcast. Uh, <laughs> we treat each other like shit. We're getting it. Uh, positive. It's, not, it's not good. Uh, no, but I'm looking. I'm seriously, seriously looking forward to you playing it. I think I think you'll I think you'll get a kick out of it. I think it's going to scratch a lot of the the stuff you do like about video games, Dylan. I mean, you're you have a completionist streak in you that I think this game is going to uh, scratch for you, uh, even if like folks that don't like completionist shit can still get a lot of this game uh, out of this game so um i don't know i i'm in love with this game Merritt, do you have anything to to add yeah so i was um i was just talking last night with my roommate about open world games and he was just saying about how stressed out they make him because he plays games to like have rails and to have like a curated experience and he doesn't want to be like stranded in this open world and uh, I feel the same way about them. And it made me reflect on, on how I felt about Breath of the Wild at the time because one of my criticisms of it when I played through it was, yeah, okay, it's a huge world. There's a ton of stuff in it, but you realize pretty quickly that there are, like, three kinds of things. Like, that, you know, but aside from the Master Sword and the God-Dragon encounters... It's basically all shrines. Like, it's pretty much just a shrine that you go in and you get a thing and then you can climb better. You get more climbing juice. (laughs) But reflecting on that now, that's probably one of the reasons that I I enjoyed it so much because I wasn't stressed out by a million fucking side quests. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't stressed out by, like, trying to collect every fucking little, like, doodad. And... There are things like that in the game if you want them. If you want to collect those Korok seeds, you can. Um, For me, it was just like, oh, cool, I solved a little thing. I got one. Neat. Um, And realizing, like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. I can just kind of, like, explore and just see what's around for the sake of it. It was like, wow, that was, like, a huge sigh of relief. And I think that's paradoxically one of the things that made it so compelling for me yeah um that reminded me Merritt. like you're you're you know you're not inundated with these side quests that you feel like you have to do i i remember going into i never felt pressure to do side quests because they're never really in your face about it and like you said like so many of them lead to a shrine or to something that you're going to kind of naturally discover anyway um but i i there's uh, in, in Hateno Village where there's one kid that basically just like, it's like, I'd love to see a, I'd love to see a, a wooden sword. Yeah, that would fucking rule if I could um, see it. Or like, ah, oh, man, you know what, you know what hit the spot? If I could see a fire uh, scepter. Yeah. And you're like, and I'm like, okay, I know this is something I could just like go around and do, but what it was doing for me is that I would have, you know, you have... 12 weapon slots mm-hmm. and I would kill a thing and it would drop a fire scepter, which is like a million times less powerful than all of my weapons that I have. And I would go, 
yeah, but that kid wanted to yeah. see that sucker go. <laughs> and I would be like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to throw this uh, traveler's broadsword yeah. into the lake. This. Yeah. And I'm going to pick up this fire scepter and I'm going to go um, show my kid, you know what I'm about? You know what I'll do? I'll put it up in my house because it's like a light source. Yeah. You know? And like, I just love that. If there's one, it's not even a criticism. It's just like one of those things where I, I wish there was more just like, property ownership in that yeah, game of just being Animal able to have crossing. like like yeah i just i want to like have a, a beach house yeah. in that game and i want to like oh here's my mountain villa and like you know i i don't know i just want to tell you about fallout 4 yeah no not like that not what like, if you could no, no, build no, no. anything like that, anywhere like not nothing like no. that and 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 i've also had the thought of like i wish things felt more kind of like alive like you know the, yeah. there's so much space in between these these things, but actually that was so much of the beauty of the game ultimately. And I think there's even a wonderful fanbyte.com piece that you can go read now about kind of how, you know, this is, this is a, a place at the end of the world that is rebuilding in the face of just totally certain and uncertain doom. And like, um, and there's something arresting about the way that these people in this world are dealing with life and you encounter people who are, um, accepting of this weird, like, new apocalypse. And you have people who are kind of, you know, thumbing their nose at that and they want to rebuild and they need your help to do that. And there was something um, very beautiful about that that I, I didn't really ever get from another Zelda game. Um, even though I do love Majora's Mask kind of in that same vein of having this kind of apocalyptic um, yeah. flavor um, and everyone kind of dealing with that in their own special way. Um yeah, I don't know. This is my favorite game. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's very it's a good, good one. Yeah. Um, Some would say the best of the decade. Slim slash platformer. I love it. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it is all of those things. All right, so here's the trick for a game of the year. It's just where every game that we want Danielle to play, we'll just say, actually, it's, it, you know... Warframe is a third-person shooter, but really, it's got, you know... It's you an immersive into computers, so I don't it's know about that. Set. I don't know. Do the toilets flush? There are no toilets in Warframe. No <laughs> See, one then it can't even can't even be part of the discussion. It, it's like Star Kid. It's like a Star Kid situation where you're in your robot suit the whole time, so you uh, the the suit just takes care of all that for you. Oh, I see. I see. All right. Well, maybe. So, Nikki, um, just yeah. th- this is just a quick quick point. Mm-hmm. If we can get flushing toilets in NBA Two K Twenty One. Yeah, and we can get Danielle to play yeah. NBA 2K21. I will play yeah. a okay. sports game. I I enjoy okay. a good. Sports God, game. I want to do a good. You enjoy LP a good sport of, of TV um, so bad. That's true. All right. Well, we have we have that's we've, it. We've, we've we've done the damn thing. Woo! It's 50, 50 games after we started with one hundred and thirty eight or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we technically um, started with one hundred and twenty five and then went up higher. To good like lord, I know. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for listening to one, our six hour deliberation <laughs> about what should even go on this list. And now our two and a half hour, uh, rundown of the top 50 games of the decade as decided by the staff of fanbyte.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Any parting words for anyone? Uh, it's video game still a mistake. Video game still a mistake. Okay. Yep. 
please keep a, an eye and an ear out for our Game of the Year podcasts, which are coming either right before this or after. They, we don't know. You can find them in, in the thread. Yeah, they're in, in the, here. In the, they're in the hopper, you know, by the time you're listening to this, I think. Um, but, yeah, keep an eye out for all of our good, good things. Fan With is a weekly podcast that Nikki, Danielle... Uh, Merritt and Steven are on. They do it very well. They have five-star run times. I'm jealous of how much they can talk. Uh, Nikki and I are also on Late Lunch, which is a Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, video podcast on twitch.tv slash fanbite. It's also on podcasts, although it's getting more and more less likely I'm going to recommend you doing that. I just think you should watch the show. Uh... (laughs) Also, please visit fanbyte.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. God, Nikki, we got to get that at Fanbyte, don't we? Yeah, we do. Good Lord. Yeah. We got to pay that ruffian who has like two followers or whatever and never tweet <laughs> Yeah, it. Jack can just nuke him. He has yeah, the ability. He has the ability. Um, Make sure to rate right, and review well, us on iTunes and Spotify and all those good places. Please do. That helps us a lot. That helps us, like, I know people say that, and it's like, oh, does it really? Actually, it does. It, does. it makes it the numbers go up. Uh, Great Video deal. game podcast, as it turns out, is an incredibly crowded arena, and anything you could do to goose those algorithms in our favor if you enjoy our show is yeah. actually a massive help. Although we are the first ones to do a video game podcast, I, yeah, I which do is really know cool. that. No, uh, so yeah, please follow us on all those things. Uh, please like, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, for everyone else on the uh, on the podcast, Nikki, Merritt, Dylan, Stephen, Danielle, this is John. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, thanks for the knowledge. Bye bye. I love you. <laughs> I love you. We did it. We did it. <laughs>